1: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever, and with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, what is up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dustin. Hope y'all all know me by now. If you're listening, if not uh welcome to you uh new new listeners to the pod here and uh you know we got a good show lined up tonight um you know it's been kind of busy we've dealt with a lot of rain here in uh coastal texas the last few days so it's kind of affecting some of my little backwater areas but you know the fish are still around um you just got to make some moves adjustments uh to find some clean water and uh just get after it so you know it's been kind of good this week you know, with all that, though, you know, the fish are they're still there, but, you know, it's just just making adjustments and find the time, find the right water. So just uh, just take that in mind, you know, when you're out on the water here. If you got dealing with some runoff or anything like that, uh, you just make some adjustments, you know. Throw something that's a little more visual, got a little more vibration, or add a little scent to your bait. So there's a little quick tip to start off with. But Let's uh, let's bring on the guest tonight. Uh, we got uh, Alexis Tejada coming on right now there he is alex what's going going on on, man how's it going brother doing good oh yeah 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 fella fella jackson kayak guy on here with me always good to have teammates on the show so yeah what's been going on man besides the wind i mean
2: it's it's blowing (laughs) it's been blowing like 30 miles per hour for the last five days coming the tarpon Killing 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 the flat fishing just for the next day is literally gone from 87 degree water to I mean we're in 82, 81 in the last five days. It's it's just a shock. Uh, fish, fish are moving around and backing off again. But we were, we were right on track with the summer pattern. Bonefish were showing up. The tarpon were starting to to do their move. The the micros still haven't shown up, the 10 to like 30 pounders. Still waiting on those guys because we haven't gotten a lot of rain like we're supposed to. So once that starts again, we'll we'll should be back. So it's starting to look good for next week again. Winds are backing off, the heat's coming on again. We're looking at 80, which really means 95, 100. Oh yeah, with the humidity Man. factor in the humidity and Definitely. light winds.
1: That so South the, Texas, I mean, yeah, just like here in South Texas. That South Florida humidity is uh is brutal. It'll get you. It'll get <laughs> sure you. enough, you, you could.
2: I, I tap out by noon, so it's uh, uh five five a.m. starts, five thirty a.m. starts. Yep. Paddling out in the dark and fishing from 6 a.m. from first light to about noon is the typical pattern. And if you're brave, you'll do the afternoon. And hopefully, you don't get a thunderstorm that just pops up out of nowhere. Up. Little yep. pop-up
1: thunderstorms in the afternoon yeah, with, with whatever with yep. a
2: ton of lightning. But if you get it right and it ends just about right, those afternoons are pretty magical. They're 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 fun. If you get them just right, you time them right where the wind just dies off. The storm yeah, you get out. that
1: afternoon glass off. It cools it down, wrinkles a little bit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Man. Oh, yeah.
0: You,
2: you could have yourself a killer session for a couple hours there, right as the sun goes down. I've I've seen some magical hours go down, two, three hours, even one hour, but it's just tailing bonefish permit tarpon everywhere i mean you don't know what to cast at i've seen them all mixed up within a hundred yards of them each other i mean you don't know what to Stick cast
0: <laughs>
1: i've
2: seen i've seen i've seen 20 30 pound tarpon with their backs out of the water in the grass neck and bonefish tailing literally on them like you can't make the cast on the bone because you know the tarpons gonna jump on the fly you're like well that's a conundrum well, you gotta literally wait for for the bonefish kind of to squeeze by and then make the cast and most of the times you make the cast and the tarpon comes and charges the fly. I'm like, Jesus. And everybody gets <laughs> spooked. You end up catching nothing. And they're
1: all gone. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh, man. That sounds like some fun. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you coming on tonight. Um, Absolutely. Just, uh, tell everybody a little bit of backstory, you know, um, where you're from down there in South Florida. And uh, what got you into, you know, fishing and what led you into that uh, plastic boat? Originally, I'm from California, upstate California. Just uh
2: <laughs> Travis. Uh, uh, Solano County in, in California so it's a little bit north of San Francisco parents were Air Force brat that was in the Air Force and then uh, my grandfather Cuba came from Cuba in the early 50s huge fisherman so he couldn't deal that I was the only grandson and me in California so my parents relocated back to, to Miami and the fishing began as soon as I, I touched foot here on, on Florida again since I was, what, three years old, I, it was nonstop from there. And then took a little hiatus. Once I was in high school, I did a lot of fishing in high school as well, too. We had a house in the Keys. So naturally, gravitated right back to fishing again. And, I mean, I was fishing months at a time, like every day. I, you couldn't find me. It was just looking at the water and the horizon, and I was somewhere out there looking for yeah, fish. No doubt. Then college kicked in, took a little break. We had sold the house in the Keys, and the boat was just sitting there. The skiff was just sitting there at my grandfather's yard, and then it moved over to our our house. And my dad was like, enough is enough. I don't want this boat here. They sold it. Didn't want to get another boat because I didn't want to deal with the whole story. And I was still in college and uh, was getting in the back end of college, finished school. And I was like, well, what to do now? I was like, started doing a lot of land-based fishing. And it just wasn't working for me in the land-based fishing, especially down here in South Florida. You could do it. A lot of kids do it. It's successful. It's kind of a stepping ground for everybody down here. You do a lot of the land-based stuff. But I, I need more adventure. Um, I need I need to get past that. I, I want to know what's on that horizon. So, skiff wasn't an option. So, I was like, hmm. had a buddy in my job that had just bought a kayak at uh, Sports Authority. And I asked him to lend it to me. So, I took it out. Almost sank it the kayak was an old pelican and <laughs> was not very favorable to, to to cross open water. By the time I got back to the ramp, there was about 20 gallons of water inside that pelican. Oh man. But Slowed I,
1: it down a lot too. Made
0: a little oh, heavy. Get oh around. man, that,
2: that was a rough paddle. And then uh I was like, you know what? I like this. Ended up getting a Cobra kayak just for a starter. me like four hundred bucks. I was like, I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna invest too much money into this yet. I outgrew that kayak in eight months. It was done. I was catching 60, 70-pound tarpon off this little 10-foot-and-a-half Cobra kayak. I was like, this is not going to work out. (laughs) I was like, this is not going to work out. So within the six or eight months, I was like, saved up enough money, sold that kayak immediately, saved up a couple cash, and got myself a new uh, Ocean Kayak Prowler 13. Fished that for about, about two years. I mean, I fished it hard. I was in Flamingo, learned how to stand and pull in it. I mean, we were grinding on that kayak. And then uh, Jackson came knocking on the door one day, and we started talking. I had been knocking on the door with uh, with Hobie for a little bit, going back and forth and kind of negotiating how this was going to work out. And then uh, hung out with Brooks, Jameson, and the Keys with uh, Randy, and I just fell in love with the Cuda. I was like, "This is the boat." I was like, "I had been on uh Hobie, all the Pro Angler, the Revo, the Outback, and I liked them all. They were all great boats." Before what I wanted to do, which was the flats fishing. I was like this was gonna be it so a couple weeks later after hanging out in the keys I got a call from Brooks and he's like if you want to be a part of the team this is it this is the this is the beginning of the of the the actual fishing team the inception of the Jackson fishing team when they were putting it together so I, I've been there since like the inception where where it just started.
1: Yeah, because so, Brooks Brooks was in charge of that then when it first kicked off. Yeah, yes, you, you're yeah. like the OG, like the, beginnings right there. That's pretty I, cool. I, I,
2: I'm I'm in the beginning up there with Brooks, Jameson, Randy. Like we jumped in, and I I just couldn't pass that down. I was like, absolutely. And it was it was a close knit, real family oriented. I wasn't gonna get mixed up, and and how can I put it? Uh, Hobie was they were nice, but the problem was that it, it's just so big. It, it, they they've been around. I was just gonna get put, put into the stockade basically, and if you're not you know grinding hard or you're you're just not sticking out it just wasn't going to move forward i was like all right cool i like this whole family feel to it i like that i was able to call uh, jameson or brooks on their cell phone at whatever time and and just talk shop and they were open to it and i just like the family so i jumped on jackson and never looked back so right after that it just started getting even more serious i had been fishing now kayak fishing at that point now since i've been fishing kayak fishing since 2008 so kayak fishing wasn't even grow. wasn't even really uh much of a thing. There were still some kayakers out in two thousand and eight, but it really wasn't much of a thing. And uh, I, I started. I, I got there right at the beginning, right before it started blowing up. Then the offshore scene started blowing up down here. The guys in Destin were were taking care of business up there. So there was a lot of uh, new things coming down the pipe hole. People were innovative and and changing the the the, the dynamics of kayak fishing. So I got in. Right at the very inception of it, I mean, right at the big bang of it, when it when it was going off, and I just I just pushed the pedal down at that point. I was like pedal to the metal, man. Pedal to the metal. I pushed the pedal down. Didn't look back. I was like, if it's gonna happen, I was like, I, I. There was so much to learn, so much water to cover here in South South Florida. I mean, I had the Keys, I have Biscayne Bay, I got the Everglades. Yep. I mean, I'm only three hours away from Titusville. I, I'm in in west on the west side as well too, fishing Fort Myers. The right, area, right. San Marco, Chokoloski, uh, Everglades City, you name it, I've been in there. And then started meeting certain cliques that were, were were in the same page where our vision was the same. And we hit it off and the exploring really started kicking off. And we really started pushing out time, like time on the water. I mean, right. we've done, we done—we started doing like ridiculous trips. Like, all right, let's take a three-day camping trip and go from Flamingo to Robbie's and in, 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 uh, Isla Mirada. We cut Florida Bay in half, and we literally went from – we launched the Flamingo. We had our, our, our significant others drop us off at Flamingo Ramp, leave, and we took off to Robbie's. And we took three days sleeping in Island's cheekies, and, I mean, we tore it up. I mean, we were catching <laughs> – there's a picture on my Instagram, if you look, uh, where me and my, my buddy Chris text. We, uh, he's holding an eight-pound bone, and I'm holding an uh, eight-pound redfish. And it was an argument because they were tailing right next to each other and we're like no i saw it first no you saw it first no no we saw it (laughs) it it was a fist fight basically i was like you know what everybody for themselves make the cast whatever we catch we catch and he ended up hooking the bone and i ended up hooking the redfish so we're zigzagging between each other uh trying not to get tangled up while redfish is zigzagging this way his bones (laughs) going this way and we ended up jumping in the water and taking that picture where where a redfish bonefish literally at the same spot literally tailing next to each other i mean that's how crazy it got and then it just kept on getting more and more pro- the progression just continued you know i mean we started with the spin fishing and, and we were going into to i mean the most remote places you can think of just looking and we were finding fish and we we're putting the formula together and it was working and then um i needed something new we all did the spin fishing started getting a little on the boring side long in the tooth we, we had accomplished a lot for such a short period of time, and we had put uh, 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 an infinite amount of time on the water. And then one of us picked up a fly rod, and then it was just spir- It just spiraled out of hand. And the fly fishing era began, which probably began in 2011, 2012. The fly fishing era began, and... Ended up retiring all my spinning fish, all my spin fish gear. And I had, at that point was when, uh, if you don't remember, when the Shimano FIs were out. Yeah. So I had a bunch of FIs, the Shimano FIs and and Star Rods when they were really popular at that point. I mean, I had a fleet of them. I got rid of everything and just started buying fly rods and, and figuring out fly rods and going to the shop and being a shop rat, asking questions, just, you know, just grinding 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 until we uh we started i started figuring out i never took any lessons no one taught me how to fly a fish i literally saw youtube videos a yeah. couple youtube videos <laughs> because I t- at that time youtube was around but it, it it didn't lift off where it is right now so i was watching some of the other guides use it i was watching my buddies how do they fly a fish and the mechanics behind it so i'm self-taught and then you know and just having other people watching me every once in a while and give me a pointer here and there and this just putting time right. in it's the a different
1: things. animal especially in the wind i mean you you, uh, you gotta know how to load it up right and all that good stuff leaders uh, flies, yep. lines, how to tie your leaders yeah e- fate, fate selection everything it everything. comes down and then doing it off of a kayak then and then <laughs> learning
2: how to put all the, then that was another learning curve all in itself putting it all together putting together the the catching, uh, Catching fish on a kayak with a fly rod because a spinning rod was easy. I mean, it was just you know just had a rod holder a little higher, and all I have to do is just fling a, a bait, a, yep. a paddle tail or or a fluke at a redfish. And I mean that was that was cake. I could launch a hundred yards at a fish and just land it right in front of its head. But then the fly rod was 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 interesting because now we had to put the dynamic of putting the push pull down, and then the push pull began too. We're like, well, yep. let's take the push pull from the, the skiffs. Put them in the kayaks, and now we're push pulling everywhere. Because I mean, I see hundreds of pictures of people fishing kayaks, but you never yes. see you never see push pulls on the kayaks. Yeah, you never do. I've seen. The I have a little
1: who, bit longer um stakeout pole myself. That's probably eight and a half, nine foot long. That I'll I'll take on occasion, and I'll use it to push around in the back marsh and stuff myself. So yeah, uh, it's definitely I, an advantage to have something like it's, that.
2: It's it's the push pull. I mean, I, I've. I've Got my push pole and I I can't go home I can't leave without it I don't have a push pole and I might as well just go home, cause it just makes a a, a huge difference I mean, yep. put the time behind it the push pole is quieter than a paddle stealth fish. yes it's it's all about stealth down here because you're looking for tailing bonefish and eight to six inches of water you're looking for permit. Yes. you're looking for bone um, super clear. Super, super spooky. spooky, yeah, super super spooky super spooky. Super, yeah. spooky, super pressured, super everything with these fish. so you you need to be on your a game down here. A lot of people come down and they think this game Bay or the keys the keys are a little more forgiving. a lot of there's a lot more fish down there, I think. so the keys you can get away with 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 catching more fish and the fish like the bonefish are a little smaller, which they're not anymore. They're starting to get pretty big down there and uh, and they're starting to get a lot more than than we do up here. But you get more more quality over quantity down there, so you can get away with with, you know, making a little bit more noise and racket, but you still have to be right. stealthy. And permit fishing, I don't even have to explain it. It's permit fishing. Yeah. The Keys, Biscayne Bay. I don't. I mean, the Gulf side. I mean, because they're 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 off of Naples as well too, and in Golden yes. as well too. We've seen the big schools of them coming through. I mean, they all act the same. So permit fishing. That's it's a fish of a thousand casts.
1: So, so yeah, that's what I was I wanting to get at was the species you a target down there. And so you say you got a lot of bonefish. Y'all have the permit and you have like the, the juvenile tarpon and some of the bigger, bigger tarpon you'll run into. We, we got um, both. We got redfish. And yeah, we redfish.
2: Wintertime is all about snook. I'll be in yeah. the backcountry all winter long in your flamingo or Everglades City or Wyland doing the marshes, doing the backcountry back there and that's all snook laid up snook looking for snook laid up and skinny water where their back sticking out of the water and their eyeballs oh, yeah. almost sticking out <laughs> so that's that's the gig and then plus the red fishing was well too the red fishing is not bad down here i mean flamingo's gone off again the grass came back on snake bite it, it's just it's doing good i mean it's doing fl- good
1: weather it's getting it's healthy it's it's it's, yeah,
2: it's, it's it's as healthy as it's been on a really long time so the fishing's good you can go out there and, and poke around if you know what you're doing. and you just Literally, you really don't really need to know what you're doing. You just need to put a little bit of time and some effort out there, and you'll find fish. The redfish are out there. The snooker are out there. We've had a huge surge of big trout. And I mean like 20, 22-inch trout, 26-inch trout, which disappeared. Yeah. I mean, we had a huge grass kill, and all the trout right. disappeared. And now the trout started to show up. And now it's actually worth going after these things because, I mean – they're gators. They're yeah. Tw- Twenty-six inch trout is it's a respectable trout. It's not a Texas. Oh, trout. definitely.
1: No, that's a good good fish for sure.
2: It's not a a, a 33, 32 inch tr- uh, trout that these guys in Texas catch. I've seen these guys catch. I mean, absolute slobs. But yep, There's some big ones
1: over here. <laughs> it's still
2: it's still a decent trout for South
1: Florida. Sure, I mean, and, and it's made a big rebound too because I know the the uh, the fishery, uh, Mosquito Lagoon, and some of the other stuff on the western, on the gulf side, kind of took a hit with a lot of that runoff and some some algae blooms and stuff like that. It's but, um, it's definitely There's definitely a rebound, though. There, it's there definitely is. happening.
2: I, I've been to Mosquito Lagoon a handful of times. Like I said, it's only three hours away. I'll go out there every once in a while. The black drum fishing is not bad. There's some nice snow fishing. There's tarpon. But it's not what it was. What like, it used to be, yeah. It's not a 2009, 2010, where you would go out to, the, I'm not even going to name points, but you would go out to this point and there was 30 to 20 between 36 to 44-inch redfish just, you know, cruising, just sitting around. And you just stick a fly in front of them and they would eat. Or hang a piece on. Of, or, <laughs> I mean, hang on. Basically, you know, throw a piece <laughs> of mullet at them and they eat. Yep. They'd eat. Uh, it. Those days, I have, I've been out there a few times, too, and it's, it's the different gear. I mean, it's just been different. It's yeah. just, it's happened across the state, I think. I mean, from I think from Titusville down to South Florida, a little bit in the Keys, not too much in the Keys. The Keys have kind of held on for dear life. But I think that's more because they get – there's such a small small footprint of land. And if they're surrounded with so much water, they just got a lot of water flow. So they can shuffle yep. water in and out. And the water quality stayed a little above above normal. Above
1: normal, yeah. But
2: Biscayne Bay, I've seen Biscayne Bay do, do cartwheels at this point from good yeah. to bad to worse to good to amazing to horrible again to like oh my god Biscayne bay is done and then it comes back again. I mean Mother Nature's resilient. I've seen her right for push, sure. Push, 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 push. I mean, right now where we're sitting right now, Biscayne Bay, it's not doing too bad. I mean it's probably like eighty percent, almost ninety percent, like the high eighties, ninety percent. A lot of places that didn't have grass. Now has grass, which is awesome, but we'll see now with the summertime. I mean, this hot yep. water and a lot of fresh water that's just just brings kills the complete the, the Biscayne Bay completely turns into a fresh water pond basically because you're just opening all the davits and all the dams that pump water right. from from the city and all that water is just bringing fertilizer and bringing all the dam. I, it's yep. so bad. It's so bad that I came down the channel. Came down to my one of my my. Boom, I'll give you a quick. I came down. To my favorite, one of my at that point was one of my favorite bonefish flats. Turned the corner and I found a cart that had a it was flopping around. I was like, "What is that?" Paddle up to it and it's a cart that came from the from the dam on the other side of the canal, came through the dam and out the channel, and uh and a bull shark had chomped at it and took its rudder out, so it was just flopping around on the water hmm. in, the, in the middle of Biscayne Bay. Freshwater carp. Huh. That, that goes to tell you. How much fresh water gets pumped out here that the carp were making it into the middle of the damn bay and the sharks were going at it with them having a field wow. day with them so that that affects that affects the dynamics and the, the yes the, it the, does of that flat i mean it takes a while for the salinity to go up and then the bonefish completely disappeared for a while because yeah they
1: definitely shag ass and move out of there when that's yeah. like, that, that, uh-huh. when that salinity drops
2: yeah so
1: yeah, that affects it. Everything that concrete jungle, you know, you get all the runoff from the the cities and you know the canals and everything that they, they have to, pre- you know, release it to prevent prevent flooding. So no, yeah. absolutely.
2: And then yeah. most of South Biscayne Bay is is covered by by ag- agriculture, so it's yeah. all fertilizer and you get all that animals. runoff
1: too. Yeah.
2: That's I mean, today I saw Benny Blanco finally posted that they put a strict rule, a new law in. Where they're banning fertilizers from, I think May to like September or something like that. No more fertilizer during the rainy season. I was like, about time. So, about time. I mean, that that's a step. Uh, took that take,
1: long though. <laughs> it took <laughs>
2: years, but it's a step forward. So yeah. hopefully, it makes a a, a bigger impact on, on South Florida right now.
1: Well, yeah, and that that affects you know the fishery it affects your livelihood too because like I was I was going to get into that you you actually do um you actually have a guide business also.
2: Absolutely. So we're two years now in. Um, well, I'm two years now in. I've always wanted to be do the guide thing. I always did it off and on. Was never full time about it. Wasn't too committed about it. I did do a couple guide. I would do a select few people, and every year I would take them out. Same people would come back. But I wasn't too. Wasn't keeping too busy about it. I was a little apprehensive about it, and uh, my wife told me go all in. She's like, I have a day job, but I, I I'm miserable with the day job. It's not. It's not my life. It's not. It's not a goal that – that it's a dead end for me at this point at that job. So I was like, well, it's a dead end. It's not really a career anymore because they, they, they destroyed it. So I was like, well, you know what? I, I'm fishing my brains out. I'm wasting all this money in fishing and dedicating all this time that you can't buy. I mean you can't buy the time that I spent right. and, and all these bodies of water. I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to put all my my eggs in a basket and just try it out. So we I opened up. Last year, early last year, decided to do the website and just open up and just start guiding full time. And it took a little bit of time, but I'm pretty busy right now. So thank God COVID's back down and my phone hasn't stopped. And knock on wood, it just keeps going and I could do this full time. The goal is to to split my time. Once it it gets pretty busy, I'm going to do the skiff. I'm going to reacquire the skiff again. And I'm gonna split time doing the skiff and the kayak, but I think the kayak is gonna supersede the skiff because it's just I feel comfortable in the kayak. I love it, but I can't I can't let go of the skiff as well too. I mean that's also an opportunity that I can't let go. So I was like, oh, we'll do the we'll do the the joint, you know, the skiff fishing with clients as well too. But oh, the kayak, cool! The kayak kayak fishing is gonna continue as well too. So we're gonna we're gonna jump on both. I have a a unique. Um, at least down here in South Florida. I haven't seen it. I know a couple guys that do it on the West Coast that they have both, and they've kind of ventured off and did the kayak guiding and the skiff. But down here in South Florida, like in the Keys and Biscayne Bay, no one does it. So I'm I'm one of the few guys, I think that runs from like Key Largo all the way to, to Marathon, and then Randy runs on the other side of the Seven Mile Bridge because he has more water than me in those seven mile, uh, those what is it 20 25 miles from the seven mile bridge to to key west he has more water to cover than i do and 100 miles so th- he has a lot of water to cover down there inside in the key west and uh, big pine area so we we kind of overlap a little bit right by marathon so we help each other out a lot oh but,
1: that's cool but i got i got sure.
2: i got a huge range so i'm in everglades so i do from from marco island to Everglades city to flamingo and then from lingo i go from from biscayne from upper biscayne bay from key biscayne basically all the way down to marathon so it's a lot of water to cover so one day i can be in south florida on biscayne the next day i'm in marathon and then the following day i'm in san marco so i'm doing a lot of moving around
1: all so, right oh man dude i don't have to make it down there it's a possibility i'll i'll be in uh in florida for icast okay so uh Dude, I'd, I'd be stoked to come down there and catch a bonefish off the kayak. I mean, I
2: cast, <laughs> cast lands just about the right time. I mean, what is I cast in February. July? July?
1: Yeah. No, it's in July. It's coming um, up, coming up here pretty quick. Like the
2: July is
1: bonefish permit.
2: Like July permit. I mean, you can go to ICAST in the morning, show up in the afternoon if you get to hit the tides right and do an afternoon session.
1: Set it up. I'm, yeah. I'm Orlando. Working. That's about another what would be about four hours to get down there.
2: Nah, it's three and a half hours. Three and a half, give or take Miami traffic.
1: Yeah, give or take the traffic. Yeah, what time of day and everything. My, and my, that, that is, I got your Instagram on here, uh Bone Collector Kayak it's Fishing. Bone underscore collector underscore kayak fishing. And then the website is uh
2: Bonecollectorkayakfishing.com. bone collector kayak
1: Bone collector yeah. kayak Yeah, we'll we'll go through I'll put all that back up at the end and everything. We'll post links awesome. in the in the uh the post, the Facebook post and all that. But yeah, cool deal, man, on that guy business. I mean that's a going full time with that, going, you know. Wide open. That's awesome. You know, you're doing something you were doing, putting a lot of time on the water anyway. So, why not, you know, jump into it like that
2: <laughs> and and just share it? I mean, I, my, the whole idea about the guy business, to be honest with you, it's not the money. That's the plus. The idea is yeah. to be able to share my knowledge with people that don't get this opportunity. I mean, there's not a lot of people. I mean, I'll give you an example. I had a young, I mean, the most mature 21 year old I've ever met in my life show up uh, at my doorstep. Last Thursday, wanting looking for a guide last minute, and I was like, "Well, lucky enough, I was only available for that one day. The rest of the week, I was I was booked." I was like, "You picked the perfect day." We showed up. This kid got a show. We we got there early. He was there on time. We turned the corner. He's a novice oh, fly fisher, me. He's he's beginning, but he's doing good. He's cast us good. You know, he's 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 picking up on it. We turned the corner, and I was like, "We're not even going to start the engine. We're just going to paddle this real quick and look at it." And sure enough bonefish tail in front of us. I mean, there's a school of 30s tailing on us, and these were off eight to 10-pound bonefish just tailing Whoa. in front of us. And I was like, well, have at it, buddy. And we had about three hours of that going on. This kid's knees were knocking. Every every 20 feet, it was another school of, of five, 10, sometimes 20 fish tailing, depending on the size. A Big boys were five or six of them tailing by themselves, doing their thing, and then behind them was a school of like the seven to eight-pounders. That was 20 fish coming at you and uh he had never seen that he's never seen redfish tail because he's kind of like, just about an hour north of of uh of Tampa so he yeah. he's i mean he was enamored about it he he wants to come back and i told him i was like listen come back do your thing call me i was like and we'll we'll do a friends trip because that that's how much he impressed me with his maturity and his and his skills at that point especially at that age and, and what, yeah. he's, what he's accomplished so I was like free of charge. I'll give you one on, on the house. Let's go. Let's go, friend, fish, and we'll do it together. But um, it's all about me trying to put people in front of fish. That's that's the thing I get. I get a kick right, as much. Right. As I love catching them. Don't get me wrong. I like catching bonefish. I love them. It's my thing. I, that's my one fish. But I like catching tarpon, permit, redfish. I get a kick out of it. But I like watching other people do it. That's more, more of a of a challenge to put someone else and and see that smile and and yeah, answer the questions for and, sure. Answer all these questions and and you know leave someone with an impression. That's th- that's the whole idea behind the guiding and I think I'm good at it. I mean I have a a, a natural talent for it. I mean which I never knew until I started taking people out. And I'm like well I think I'm better at guiding than I am at, at fishing sometimes.
1: <laughs> Aha, right on yeah I know I've, it's definitely something I've I've wanted to do here. You actually got to take the the uh, captain's license course here and go through some stuff. Um, but yeah I've taken a couple guys I've met uh, fishing bass tournaments and um you know they have never fished the salt water make a trip down and get the get to go you know hang out and put them on the water put them on some fish and it's actually it's pretty fun you know enjoying enjoying that you know you getting them, them on the water Trying to the battery here uh oh <laughs> yeah, so yeah
2: I was running out of battery so I had to uh take the charger
1: Oh right. yeah right on it's all good We're good get we're good her going. All right on <laughs> So yeah, I, I usually throw a question out there about pick three, you know, three setups, what you're gonna have tied on. But man, you're always uh you know, let's talk a little bit about your your fly fishing setup since uh that seems like what you're what you got going on right now. Um, you know, so, what is it? Is there different baits you're gonna throw at different times of year depending on the the what they're eating, the you know, the to match the hatch, so you say.
2: Um so I prefer, I, I don't mind going six weight, but eight weight seems to be the all around down here in South Florida. You can get away with everything. You catch bones, you redfish, snook. I mean, you can even catch baby tarpon with it, permit, like the micro guys. But I think the repertoire is an eight and a nine in your back pocket constantly. You can always carry a 10 or 11. I prefer the 11 weight. So I usually, in my back pocket, on my kayak, is are usually an eight, nine, and an 11. 11's more for the permit for the heavy flies and the tarpon. I've learned I don't mind catching them on lighter stuff but the tarpon especially made in the summertime where the water is just like I mean it's it's boiling. It's it's open, upper 90s almost. It's yeah. nasty. Yeah. They don't last long so I'd rather take out the 11, hook them, whoop them and kill them off and let them rip. So yeah, get them easy. in
1: before they exhaust themselves. They exhaust yeah, especially themselves with those higher at,
2: Yep. Yep. Same thing with bonefish. Earlier in the year, when the springtime, I'll go out there with a six weight for the fun of it. You know, Pack in and bring bring a reel, small reel with a lot of backing in it, and I'll whack them yep. with a six bait. But summertime, same thing, eight, nine weights. So you can beat these fish up quick. But the name of the game is put the brakes on them and, and bring them in, let them go. Don't even take them. Summertime, you, if you notice in the summertime, my picture of bonefish starts completing. And then I stopped yep. posting now that I'm not catching yep. is that I'm not even taking them out of the water I'm just grabbing, popping them and letting them rip because I Man, just can't yep. I can't afford it. These fish are basically paying my bills now And I can't have these fish dying so I don't even get them out of the water True. I'll net them every once in a while in the summertime I start taking up nets and net them and leave them on the net for a while the shark situation at least in this game Bay is not too bad forward in the keys it gets a little little spicy and the sharks are a little feistier down there barracudas too it does come into (laughs) happening um you know speaking about barracudas it's been a rough year for them i don't understand what's going Uh, on i mean i've spoken to a few people and there was a lot of big ones especially down south but in my way and kind of a, a couple of the flats i used to find them a lot around there wasn't a lot of them this year. It was a rough year for me with barracudas. I don't know if I was doing something wrong, but I mean, I spoke to a few guys, and uh, some people were doing good. They were catching monsters. There was a lot of real big ones, but there was none of the in- in-betweeners. None of the small guys and none of the, like, the four to five footers. Those were fun. And then there, there was giants, because I saw a couple giants this year, and I, I ended up hooking one of them. Never got to land because the hook came out and came back at me in about
1: Mach 10. And, yeah, um, it always seems to do that, don't
2: it? <laughs> yeah, they spin, around, they spin around and come at you in Mach 10 and the fly, the hook that I have on that one particular fly, I don't like it necessarily, but it's something I just buy at the shop because it's kind of easy time sometimes, lately. and I used to be a big tire. I still am, but I just have time lately. I mean, as we speak, I'm poly. Tomorrow probably the only day that I have off because I had to cancel one of my charters due to 30-mile-per-hour winds. I think everybody, yeah. skiff, kayaks, everybody's canceled at the moment right now. Moment. Right. Think I'm going to take tomorrow and uh, tie a few flies. So, depending on the area, depends on the fly that I like using. game Bay, I like throwing more of the mantis, mantis shrimp style mm-hmm. flies, very subtle, very light. Waters, you're fishing shallow water. I want a, a very light presentation. The keys, especially the lower keys, I completely turn around. I like throwing heavier flies because you're finding fish in deeper water with a little bit of more water movement more current and I'm throwing more of a crab pattern. Big Merkin or a uh, strong arm crab. That's basically what I throw down in the keys. So I have to have a big repertoire of flies between Merkins, uh shrimp patterns. I mean those are basically my three yeah. my three my big three. The the shrimpy patterns, the Ververca uh mantis shrimp, which I time my little variation and I specify in the color. I have a, a unique color that I don't want to share yet with the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but everybody has their quirks. I mean, you can throw the right. at them, man. I've thrown different flies at them. I've thrown crab flies at these Biscayne Bay Bones, and they eat. I just got real comfortable with this certain color, and it works. And it works for the, t- the permit as well down here. For sure. I put a right few on, of them now. i been able to land them. But I like, what I'll do is that I'll build about three different variations, real light, to land on, like, thicker grass, shallow water. Then I'll tie another version where yeah, between the, the, the eight to one foot range. And then I'll tie it the same version where I can fish it in a bigger, larger column of water between the one foot to three foot range. I'll apply that sink fast. So especially yeah. in that, that deeper, water, yeah, I need that deeper to,
1: water, I need to get it down in front of their face. Down. Yep. Put it in their face. Yep. It needs
2: to dive down. Once you put it, once you put it, once it touches the water, and especially bonefish, you wanna you wanna lead a, a bonefish when they're coming. You wanna lead them by like five to ten feet almost sometimes, depending on the size. of it. Like the big ones, I'll lead them ten feet. I'll figure out their track, cut them off at a ninety degree angle, put that fly at kind of a ninety. So when it gets close, I make the the fly kind of move and it kind of mimics them picking up a baitfish and they pounce on it.
0: Yeah.
2: Same thing with the head-on shot. I mean, you can you can't always do the ninety degree on, but I mean. For the most part, if you can, you could. But I try to lead my fish by by a mile. I mean, every once in a while, like everything else, like a redfish, they're spooky. You hit yeah. them in the head, and they freak out and they eat. Same thing with a sometimes sucker. they do. Yeah, but, sometimes um, it's just a boom, it's I, just
1: a I reaction. They it. just bounce it. Yep. They they Certain
2: just thing. they they just freak out. They don't know, and it's just a a reaction. To eat. They just you know oh I mean yeah. they just bite them yeah. like what is in this then, Yep. Like, in my face, yeah, they just eat it out of anger. I don't know. I just say they eat it out of anger, and then they're like, oh, yep.
1: what is this? And then yep. they're like, Oops. oh, yeah. Too oh, late now. <laughs> Bonefish
2: gotcha. do it sometimes. That's gotcha a fan. Both, exactly. Bonefish do it every once in a while, especially they're in the big schools. Sometimes I find them down here in schools of like 200. This is about the time of the year now that they're oh, in wow. May, May, moon. They start aggregating, and you start finding these aggregations of them. I've got a couple spots where you pull up, and there's like 300, 400 fish and you can catch of tuna if you want to. I mean, you just have to throw in the school and something that sinks fast and just strip like a madman. You call it a jack yeah. stripping. Basically, if you're uh-huh. looking for tuna uh, jetty, uh, uh, jetty tunas and you're just stripping yeah. fast like you're yeah. using a popper, you can yeah, yeah. Really fast. And these fish will eat, these bone fish will eat mid column. Same thing with the permit. Yeah. It's a heavy flying. You want to strip fast sometimes. Sometimes they want it slow. Sometimes they don't even want you to move it. They just want you to tap and just a, does a little tiny puff on the bottom yep. and then they pounce on it. So you move it too much. Those are basically my, my top flies, the Merkin and the, the Mantis shrimp fly Nuggets off Florida. Those are the ones I like. People have, I mean, some people like sliders. I mean, uh, everybody has their, their, their gig. Those are my two. My favorite two is always have a, a Merkin on the box, always have a Mantis shrimp and always have some type of, uh, I always forget the name of this. It'll come to me, a uh, tarpon fly that I like. It's basically just rabbit, rabbit strip, a little bit of deer hair, so it pushes a little bit of water and some brushed uh, EP. Very simple fly, and, yeah. and like four different colors. I like orange for yeah. them. I like white, purple. And sometimes I'll throw a little bit of a brown, brown, uh, tan, light tan version of them. Yeah. So perfect. Get a, I mean, the tarpon get a little bit of the same fly, but like in four different colors depending on the water colors. That's basically right. why I use it. I mean, early in the morning or in the dark, I'm going to use black and purple. Tanned water or stained, I'm going to use white. And then some of the clear water stuff, that's when I start going into like the the orange. And uh, it's basically mi- mimicking a polo worm and then a tan little yeah. roach looking fly, basically like a cockroach fly almost kind of that I try to mimic. But I just put a little bit of deer hair in the front because I personally like. That pushing water, and I like that the deer here keeps it at a mid column, doesn't let it sink too fast. So yeah, I do want it to sink, carpet, right. but I want it at a real slow rate. Yeah, I want a slow rate. I go back into the office. I were to make it over there now.
1: Oh yeah. So so th- those are mm-hmm. those are the your your three kind of like if you're going to get the you know you have the the ones you're going to have at, at, that that's definitely the top three you're going to have on you. That's awesome. And then and then you know like you said yeah, you'll if
2: I'm going to have. Yeah.
1: Say again that yeah. if you're gonna have those three, that's the way I'm gonna
2: have flies, those yeah. If you're gonna have flies and you're gonna come to South Florida, those are the flies you gotta have in your box. For sure. You definitely gotta have that selection of flies in your box.
1: It's a must. Yeah, and you then have, like you said, you're gonna go, you're gonna actually tie some of your own, and that that's kind of therapeutic in its own right, you know, just to kind of if you got time to to kick back and work on a few flies, you know. Kind of get away from stuff and kind of just slip away, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and get I'll away on, from everything uh, else. And tie I'll you a few a, there. Yep, I'll
2: put on a Andy Mill podcast or Tom Rowland podcast, and just Brian. Or if not, I'll put some type of fishing show in the background. Saltwater experience. Yeah. I've watched all the Jose Wahebe on Waypoint TV oh, yeah. now. They need yes, to come sir. out with Waypoint. They need to come out with the new seasons. Where there you it's go, like there you go, ninety nine. We need 2000, 2001, Come on, guys! I need uh, um, more uh, fly time, background, uh, basically background entertainment to keep going.
1: Yeah, so, for sure. But th- the, fly on, right. came, came, the fly time
2: came The flight came naturally as well to you. It really did. I mean, it it, just, it was just a progression of the fly fishing. So and yeah. From that progression, then it turns into leaders. Leaders got real serious. I mean, it turned into yeah. a mathematical equation. I mean, we were, we we're using bokeh grips to break leaders and figure out what the bike uh the bike uh leaders were going to be and what the bike strength yeah the, was what
1: need, the strength with, was uh, of the knots and uh, everything. That's that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah,
0: cool I'm deal. trying to
2: fish bone. I'm trying to I I fish bone fish now with 12 pound and that's about it. 12 pound, 12 pound bite leaders, tippets. 12 and, and so forth. I I'll, I'll go down to ten sometimes when the fish was real big and spooky. So it, it it gets pretty interesting, especially down here starting say April, it gets pretty spicy. So yeah, and as the, the summer goes on, it gets even more difficult and more difficult as the summer goes on because these fish are just pressured. People are on the water more in the summertime. Right. And it just gets it gets odd. So you just gotta be on your A game down here and then yep. fly down Downsize and, a little bit uh i tried to downsize but like i said in the summertime i try not to i like the 8-8 yep. especially for the bones but I-, I like my rods i i think rods are really important i think reels are overrated i think all the reels in the market are good and they work yep. i mean you can use everything from a mako to a secret a C- to down to uh I mean, to a Walmart brand reel. Yeah, I got I mean, some. Uh, man, what are
1: they? Scientific anglers or something. I think I got a couple of those in the yeah, garage. I, mean, I the got
2: 8-weight and a
0: 10-weight.
2: The, the, <laughs> the, the, the TFO reels. The, I mean, all these reels are, are going to work. I think rods are 90% part of the fly fishing first, and then the reel comes in last. I mean, the reel, all you're using, I mean, most of the time you're using two to three-pound pounds of 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 uh, drag on these reels. And the line is doing all the all the drag. It, it's doing all the work yep. for you. All that fly line, 100 yards of fly line emits an immense amount of drag and pressure on these fish. And it literally puts the brakes on them. So you yep. can't put these reels uh, you know with, with heavy drag on them. Yeah, it's nice to have 44 pounds of drag. I was thinking you're never going to use it. I, I, I have my reels all dialed into 2s and 3, 3-pound three drags very light I mean, i mean you can always palmer reels but i think rods and i mean i've been with reddington now oh, almost as long as that i've been with with jackson kayaks with yep. reddington working with reddington closely with reddington and i mean they continue the same field vibe the whole family vibe and i like the rods i mean my rod right now has always been uh their old school predator was on um i still to this day man I, I don't i don't lend or put those rods in anybody's hands those are, i got a few left and uh, I love the old school, but the new Crux from from Reddington, amazing. And then the Grandes, I mean, they killed it with the Grandes. I mean, absolutely overkill with that reel. Steel drags, I think it's four pounds of drag. Uh, they're bulletproof. I mean, I yeah. can't destroy them. I, I, I'll, I'll wreck, I'll wreck a, a Rise reel in about two seasons. And then, I mean, I'm, I'm a little abusive. I don't wash my gear sometimes. I get home tired, you know, literally grind. Didn't sleep the night before, I got maybe two, three hours, come home
0: just yeah, throw everything, yeah. leave
2: everything in the truck, cause am the next day, the day and truck. do it. Come yeah. home, eat, gotta, yeah, everything stays in the truck, didn't rinse anything out, the rinse not rinsed, the reels are not rinsed. I come home, say hi to the wife, grab the camera, look at the pictures, put everything back in the bag, eat dinner and go back to sleep. Cause I gotta wake the next day yeah, and do day, the grind man. again. So I'm yeah, getting maybe two, three, five hours at max
1: yeah, we as kayak anglers, especially saltwater, we're we're a little hard on our gear. You know, we got to have, and then and then having a the guy business, you got to have stuff absolutely. that stays yeah. uh, they, in check and, and in good condition too. So, I mean, that is part of it. You know, you it know, is. and, and it I, is I know you reason. just you got to have stuff that's dependable for sure. You know, especially I, with people I, that I, might be a little newer to using it. Yeah, I,
2: absolutely. I mean, fly fishing now with the fly fishing gear. I said I'm 10, I'm happy with them. I'll. I, I'm a. I'm a fan their cost their cost is is you get bang for your cost so yeah. what you put in is what you're getting i mean yeah. I, I, it's it's good gear it, it's good gear i mean i mean it's not a g loomis or or a stock i mean those rods or even a stage. but i mean i i've used them all i've put them all in my hands and i've used them some of them are good and some of them are trash i mean they're 800 yeah. for a rod and i'm like this is, i don't see the 800 i'd rather go use my crux And I'll take you to town with my crux. I can fire my my line 100 yards with the crux, and I can't do it with uh, the higher end. Yeah. So I I like my – like I said, I've I've trusted Reddington for a really long time and hope they're listening, and I I love them. I mean, it's not because I'm working with them. I've used other companies, and before I was working with them, I started with Reddington. I've used other companies. I've used higher bronze. I mean – wasted more money than I should have, and I always gravitated back to Reddington because they're trying to be in between, they understand, and they get the kayak fishing and they get the, the economical version part of it, and they still build great rods. Their blanks are amazing. I mean, I don't understand what they are doing, but I, they, they got it right. They got the, the formula right as far as the rods. So I'm I, my gear lasts forever. And like I said, I abuse my gear. Like I really do, I'm yep. catching big fish. I'm using it daily. And the wheels are keeping they're, they're keeping keeping up to me, keeping up to my right. abuse and no hiccup. I'm not rinsing them. Rods are holding up. I mean, I got I'm using one rod now, one of the crux since it first came out, I think it's like three years old. Still looks new. I keep rinsing it, never broken it. it's, it's still going. And then same thing with Kaix Jackson Packs. I mean, yeah, little couple hiccups here yep. and there, but you know, but those are those things that that they, progressively you're gonna learn, you know, especially like the big rig. I kept on telling them, I was like, you guys got to reinforce the floor. I don't think people were standing on it like they expected them to stand on. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm standing on my kayak for eight, nine hours a day. I was like, that floor ain't going to handle it. So, of course, I'm going to break kayaks.
1: Yeah. Add, of a, of you. add, add mean, a little more like plastic to the, to, the, to the deck.
2: Yeah, or, or just put some more reinforcement. The same thing with Yeah. In some of these skiffs you buy them, and they, they're they meant for weakened warriors, not for doctors. Not for somebody that's on water every day. That, you know, yeah. making marquesas every day. You know, I'm going to run to the marquesas every day. You know, that's that's a 40-mile run, 30-mile run. And yeah. if you've never been to the marquesas and you're crossing across Boca, ooh, oh, you yeah. get a little bit of wind, and that thing is hairy. I yeah. mean, even in a big boat, I've crossed it on a big boat and I'm like, oh my god, this place is this, it gets violent kayak. I mean there's bays that I gotta cross sometimes on a little bit of wind and the place turns into yep. into a gets sketchy. It, it, it sketchy. It's sketchy. Man, I mean I'm like I'm not making it back. I'm like I'm gonna have to call the wife and be like, I'm gonna have to sleep back here in the sticks wife. I'm like just I'll come back or call someone that has a, a boat to come get me
1: yeah like, for but, sure I, i've been in a couple situations like that
2: <laughs> but the, the gear i like i said the gear that i've landed on and and the people that i've I've associated myself with, with jackson reddington and, and all these other companies that I've, I've used it's because i i rely on them as much as they rely on me to help them out and promote their yep. product i rely on them as much because it's part of my business now and part of my lifestyle exactly. and they For haven't certain. failed me. I mean, it, it, the gear is there, the gear works and I, I use it on a daily basis and I love it. I, it's there. Awesome. And um, I, I still have, I still have big rigs from 2014, 15 that are still in service right now. Those are my, basically my guide boats right now. And they're still pretty pretty much new and awesome. they're reliable. Never had an issue. with them.
1: Still trucking the big rig. ha <laughs> Hey, oh, so what you feel right about, now, you, know, giving them up. you know, motors on the kayaks, you know, you, you, uh, you partake in any of that little electric motor if game? Don't
2: get with the, if you don't, if you don't get with the program, you're going to get left the behind. That's all there you stuff. go. <laughs> If you yeah it's definitely if you don't there go the I program, mean, you're gonna get left behind there's there a huge progression and I've seen it started yeah. off with paddling everybody paddling then moved over to the foot drive and we're in this this weird stage right now where it's foot drive electric it's 50 50 right now everybody wants foot drive but foot drive is gonna become obsolete between the technology that's coming out between lithium batteries I mean they're getting smaller and smaller powerful and more powerful and now we're bringing down the weight and the cost is going down Yes, and then and then we have the technology behind, which I still think it's behind the technology behind drones and their brushless motor and their direct drives now that have been an influence now for these motors. And now you're starting to get up to three horsepower electric engines that only weigh a couple, a couple more pounds, what, 18 pounds, 20 pounds. I, think, yeah. um, I personally drive use a Torquedo. I mean, now yes. I've had Torquedo now for like four, four years and. When the engine goes down, because like everything else, and abuse, and, and time of water, and hours, things fail, and things tend to, to have little hiccups. I won't fish. I don't want to paddle. It's sort of like this. I, I I won't fish for those couple weeks. I mean, I'll do short little trips here and there that I know that they're about a mile long, two miles long, and I can pull 90% of it. But Torquillo's changed my life. That electric engine has completely changed my life. Absolutely. It's made my guiding business a lot better. It's been more uh, efficient. As far as guiding wise, what is my clients? I've never complained on the trip back after a five mile hike into uh, another remote spot that I found, and that's where we're gonna go. And then they look back and they're like, wow well, we're pretty far?" I was like,
0: eh.
2: "Drink your 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 soda and have yourself a a, a, a glass of water and then relax because it's gonna be a nice yeah. smooth ride back home. And, right and back <laughs> it it I don't want to say save my life, but it's pretty much got me out of a pinch with a time. So I, I, I'm not looking back. I'm just not looking forward now to the progression. I think the electric engines, like I said, since it's, it's, it's evolving and technology is just leaps and bounds at this point with, with the things that are coming now. And I think in the next two years, we're going to have some type of weird like jump as far as battery wise goes. And the engines are only being held back by the amount of power that we can put into these. So, right, we're only the behind the power wise because and because of the battery. But yes. I think now, with all these car manufacturers jumping in, you got Ford now jumping in with the Ford Lightning coming out with a Ford uh all electric, you got Hummer, you got the Tesla, you Hummers got and all that.
1: Right. I
2: mean, you got so many companies now. Now, it's going to be a, a, an arms race for batteries. Once these guys start releasing some of this technology in the battery and it starts trickling down to everybody else. It's just going to trickle down to as Well, as too, and then we're going to the, the batteries are just going to get better. I mean, right now that torpedo battery is ridiculously small. It doesn't weigh. Yes. Yeah. It is. It's only like. I seven, get. Like, with, like, with my big, with, yeah, it's 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 a small, and I have a big though the nine fifteen, and it's still so small. And I mean, yes. it weighs a little bit more than the than the the four. I think it's the three It weighs a lot more, and there's a big weight discrepancy time, but but it's only yeah it's only a matter of like two or three pounds but still right. i mean the, the 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 small engine the 403a i think is what it is it's only 15 yep. pounds and i think the 403 ac ac 17
1: yeah, total it's,
2: it's 17 pound total i mean what's the difference yep. it's only two pounds there's no difference. Yeah, it's
1: not much you down, got a lot, down, a lot, like a lot longer range too yeah
2: absolutely i mean i'm getting 30 mile ranges sometimes on this battery when i'm going with the tide in the wind and cruising and yes. i'm only cruising i'm not even yeah. going down and I get a 30 mile range i'm like okay i mean now i got room to all right i did this stuff i'm gonna go another three four miles farther south and check something else out that i have been meaning to to cross off my list and boom I'm fishing i'm like all right cool now i know that I well and that's the cool thing here. about I the torpedo
1: yeah is that you have that real-time range data that it will display absolutely you know, what your range is at that throttle position and at that speed so that way, you know you're not going to get hung up. You know, well, dang, I got four miles back to this launch. You know, I got to conserve my battery, run yeah, and, and and I mean, yeah, yeah, it I maybe at half throttle, and make
2: it
0: back. I, yep. I, I, yep. No, sure. and then
2: you, I mean, in your seven miles and it's reading four miles, I was like, e, two things are going to happen: either I back off a little bit, but then yep. you can't because you got a little bit of wind and a little bit of current, so you got to keep up. The I mean, it gives you this 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 dexterity that you can you can move around. I'm like. All right, yep. I, I could do this, and uh, we started youtube them about four years ago, and I mean, we have not in the back. It's just progression after progression. I'm already plotting and, and kind of putting Nickel 9 and myself a little bit in the side, because I'm just going to move over to the 1103. Yeah, I was like, let's move up to the three horsepower. I was like, if the one horsepower can give me all this range and all this dexterity and all this movement, and, 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 be, and it helped me so much, what can the three horsepower? You, you're only talking about pounds at this point as well, too, because yep. I mean, everything and at least on the boat sense everything correlates to weight to the to the amount of weight that you're putting on the boat to so the amount of power i mean it starts balancing off because prior to the torpedo i had gotten myself a minnkota 30 horsepower uh 33 pounds and then put a um a deep 29 or a deep 27 or i don't remember the battery so but it was like an 80 pound battery in the pound battery yeah yeah i wasn't moving i i was getting a 30 mile range i was never making it home i was like a get me there but it never got me back and then who wants yeah. to paddle back home with 80 extra pounds on you? I was like, this is not gonna yeah. work out. I ripped the whole entire system off and I was like, screw I was like, this yeah. is not worth that whole pattern It's easier to paddle back home with nothing on my boat. Exactly. And then Torquito showed up to the scene, did a little bit of research, and uh but Randy got it first. He beat me to the to the gun after I showed it to him, and literally a couple weeks later I had ordered mine. I was like, Yeah that's going to happen,
1: but it's if, gonna
2: you're happen. Not on, yeah. if you're not on the train, you're going to let you drive. It's going to Yeah, I think, all think
1: most of most all the trails, for, yeah,
2: for drive.
1: Yeah. yeah they all it seems have, like they're, a,
2: they're all being powered by, by some type of electric engine.
1: Yes, correct. I mean, there's a lot of our saltwater stuff here. A lot of our saltwater tournaments all went to, uh, allowing motors also. So everybody's kind of getting on that bandwagon, you know, they're, they're, they're sponsoring events and everything too. So, I think it's good for the growth you know it, it helps Absolutely. increase your range like you said and uh you know it just uh you know makes it you know it adds a little bit of weight but it's not enough to really factor in too bad especially with it, the investments in the batteries and everything so yeah i'm i'm Absolutely. stoked on the battery and the progressions and of the motors coming up in the in the industry so i think it's gonna be pretty i'm great.
2: looking forward i think the next i think the next two years are going to be revolutionary as far as the engines i mean look at torquito the now they went to act direct drive Yep. three horsepower, mm-hmm. I mean that that's changing the game again it's bringing the, the bar up a little bit more and more, I mean yep. I think people are going to be chit-chatting more and more about electric engines, I mean look at all these guys with the, the big Mankotas, the XI3's and XI4's spot lock and everything I mean it's changing I mean it's half the price of a, of a bass boat but you can still do the bass, I was doing yes. it I started bass fishing, I did the I did the KBS and the torpedo changed my world. I mean, my yes. buddy was on a hobby doing the pedaling, but eventually, you know, there was things that he couldn't do on the hobby. and I was like, I'm staying in one spot, just literally on the torpedo, just, you know, running the engine at a certain – Yeah, you just uh, run it at a, at you at a low wattage and then hold
1: you in space. Yep, yep. Just use your foot control hey, pedal, LGA, and you can hold you still in that fish and hold you. Yes, sir. That's it. Yep. Yeah, it comes I mean, in handy. Was, it comes in handy in the wind for sure.
2: <laughs> it does, and I was tearing things up, man. And my buddy was all over the place on this Hobie. I mean, it, it, don't get me wrong, the foot drive for Hobie is still revolutionary.
0: At that, yeah,
1: and three sixty drive. That, is pretty that,
2: cool. That three sixty drive is awesome, and even just the the, the new the, the fins, foot drive is yeah. amazing. The fins, and then you add a torpedo to that that equation. I mean, I, I I've been burned by a whole, uh upbacks with torpedo. They literally zip by me, and I'm like, son of a. I was like, they got a torpedo in the back, and they're kicking all at the same time. They're zipping by me like at nine miles per hour. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. Food for they I was like, maybe I have to step on they're, they're moving. I was like, that's all <laughs> about moving, man. And yep. And this day and age, everything's a rat race. I mean, yes, I'll give you a, I'll sure. give you a quick scenario: yeah. Carpenter tournaments. It's the this- same thing in tarpon tournaments down here in South Florida. Look up Chad Huff and these guys down there, what they're doing with the chinos. So you're getting an all-carbon fiber boat that weighs 200 pounds, and they're slapping they're, they're slapping on the back a 225 uh, Mercury Opti racing mm-hmm. engine on it. Mm-hmm. They're going 80 miles per hour in a, on a 17-foot, 18-foot skip. So they can, be, they, they can be on the second leg out So that means what they could be, it's every 15 minute on 15 minute intervals. I think even for the gold cup, every 15 minutes they get launched out, a group gets launched out. So a guy can be 30 minutes ahead of you going 40 miles per hour and you're going 80, 89 miles per hour. You're going to zip by the first guy that drove by. You're going to beat him to the spot going 80 plus. So 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 we got all those guys in
1: the redfish Redfish cup on the tower boats that they're running 350 and 400 uh, Mercury Pro XS's on their, their 22, 23 foot. Going 70 miles per 90, hour. Going 90, 80, 90 miles an hour.
2: Yep. Skipping across the water, you know? Yes. But the same, thing's got, the same thing is catching them to the to the kayak scene. And yep. especially in the last, I, I think it's fizzled out a little bit and settled down a little bit, but that bass scene the last two years was out of control. I mean, look at the industry as far as a like boatswife went. Everybody stopped what they were doing, literally hit the e brake, and everything went straight and focused to bass kayak bass the tour pack yeah. bassman. I think it's taking a little bit of a step back now. And I think people are realizing we can't pigeonhole ourselves into just building packs that are just specifically for bass fishing. Yeah. Also because you're you're losing kind of from every aspect from the offshore, the inshore. Yes. Bass fishing is huge. I got into it. I fell into the trap as well too started bass fishing. I've always been a bass fishing. I liked it. But I saw these companies literally gear themselves to to the bass world and mm-hmm. I think it's just a progression. We're kind of jumping around, trying to get into that niche, and trying to figure out what what the right boats are. I mean, you can never find the right boat. It kind of is more into what you're going to be using it on the water. Yes. I like using the Big Rig. It's a good boat to pull. It's wide. It's comfortable. stable. poles well. Tracks well. It's not the best paddling boat it's not a long distance travel, but you slap a torpedo in the back. Now, now we're talking. And about- it
1: is good to go. Yeah, to
2: go. I'm doing. I mean, I've done twenty-two miles on a day between the polling and, and moving around with, with with the torpedo. Twenty-two, twenty-three miles per hour. Twenty-three miles. Oh, yeah. I think I have a, yeah. a log that I, I tap before I leave, and it just starts reading miles. All you're mile number two and the mile number three, and just you know, when I get back to the ramp, I turn it off. Oh, twenty-two miles. Mm, that's an average summer day out here. I was like, cool. Yeah. Twenty-two miles, and I barely broke a sweat because I was just hopping around, jump around, look around, pole mile two on flat. Sit back down turn the torpedo on keep going south
1: go to your next spot and keep, and
0: going over, keep going around look the-
2: for the next <laughs> spot I- i'm able to follow the tides with this thing i mean I'm, yeah. I'm going out into places that i was like i would look over the horizon and be like mm, i mean that's a long paddle to be doing i was like i got to time it right tide wind sun i mean uh, i had to do calculus to make it all the way out there in the right position to yes. then I get destroyed on the way back okay. but now with the torpedo who cares I mean, I do care. I mean, I'm not going to go out with a 30 mile per hour wind, but instead of hesitating and going out with an eight mile per hour wind, which I don't yep. mind eight to five, I mean, I like a little ripple in the water and it kind of yes. comes down the fish and I can get a little closer to them as well. I was like, no, nah, I don't care even if I have to come back because I have the torpedo and I have this ridiculous amount of range on these, on these batteries. So, exactly. Like said, if, you yeah. know, They don't get people um, don't get same on the same behind. Same
1: way going in the back marsh, in the little back lakes, you know. I'll do, uh, you know, seven, eight mile one way and, you know, be 15, 60 mile round trip. I'm going back in these back marsh fishing, these sloughs and back lakes and stuff. And then, uh, you know, get back there, even if, you know, the wind, you know, the other day we had a, had an event, you know, and it was, it was blowing 20 to 25 out of the North. So we were, we were drifting along, you know, pothole flat, you know, just burning across the open potholes with spoons. Um, and then we'd use the torpedo and position ourselves and just, just go two foot rollers and we run all the way back up, you know, two miles to the top of this flat Do it again and then start doing it again. I said, Man, if it would have been for them motors, we would have been hurting. We'd have been hurting for sure. Yeah. You would have
2: never done that. So it gives it, no, it given no. the, the, the motor situation. I mean, the pedal drives work to a certain extent. They're not bad. Yes. I, I mean, like I said, I've used them. I've used all of them. I've used yeah. from Jackson to natives to Hobies. I mean, some of them are more efficient than others. Some of them are a little faster than others. Yeah. Some of them have their corks. Some of them get down more than others. Some of them are more reliable than others. But the pedal drive, I think launched the the motor drive, and then Torquedo was basically by themselves, and now Bixby came on. There's a couple other companies that are popping up now as far as the electric. I think Torquedo has it nailed down. There's a couple little corks here and there that they need to finish, they fix, you know, that that I've picked up on because of the amount of time that I've spent in the water. But those are just simple little things that were just kind of like pet peeves of mine. that I'm like, I mean, we can fix this and this. But for the most part, nothing broken. I mean, it worked.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, so get a motor. Bank get a broken, torpedo. You might as well just keep using it. <laughs> yeah. For get a sure, tor-
2: you don't know, get a motor. I recommend it. I highly do. You'll never look back. It'll change and revolutionize your fishing. Like yes. nobody, like you can't imagine. Go new...
1: wheel. Well, dude, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. We just uh oh, rolling you. right along and just pop over And hour. I look up, it's like man, it's already been over an hour just sitting here. Hour, yep. yapping. yapping. Sitting here talking. That's what it does Fish when we start talk. talking about fishing. Fish talk. Just yep. add it. So, you know, at the end of the show, we uh like to give y'all, give the guests a platform and uh, you know, throw some shout outs out there and give some thanks to some sponsors. So go ahead, brother.
2: Off the bat, i want to start off with Reddington. Thank you guys for always being out uh, being with me and believing in me. So you guys ever want a good fly reel and fly fishing gear and, and chat, check out their forums. They have a great blog, great people on the Reddington team and the family, because it's not even a team, it's a family, which makes it even that much better. And then I want to reach out and say thank you for Jackson for putting up with me for eight years <laughs> and all my, my craziness and all my fishing and all my <laughs> complaints and all my, my questions. And But you guys have a great product. You haven't failed me yet. You guys have kept me on the water for man, almost 10 years now and you're going to continue to keep me in the water hopefully hopefully for the future so thank those two companies and then thank my buddy at the 239 fly shop nick davis guy always has the stuff that i need when i need the i'm on a pinch either with hooks fly gear apparel i mean he has it all he's a company now i think his business has been up for his fly shop has been up for three years now he's doing really good but if you're on a pinch and you're looking for something or you need questions answered or something done, flight is related, two three nine flies.
1: Sweet. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, all right, man. Well, here. Um, we'll put that uh little announcement back up there. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook through via video, uh, y'all check him out. Follow Alex on uh Instagram. Bone underscore collector underscore underscore kayak fishing and uh also uh, for his guy business if you're interested in jumping on a trip there if you're in the south florida area and find yourself there look him up you know www.bonecollector and he will get you set up and y'all can chase some of them biscayne bay slob bonefish <laughs> right on man well dude i appreciate you coming on the this um, on, oh, yeah. I appreciate Stuff you being thank you on so the show. so much for having me on. Yes, sir. And then uh, we'll catch you next time.
2: Mike, thank yous out there. Whenever you make it down here, whenever you make it down to South Florida, me Casas, you Casa, man, you can come down here All and get right. some fish down. And yeah. you'll probably get a, a, a call from me at some juncture because I do want to go to Louisiana and I do want to do some kayak fishing up there. I've always wanted to do it. so i seen yeah, plenty of pictures of Jameson coming up there and, and tearing up some redfish. I got to put him. I got to show him how it's really done. Go out there do some redfish. I love me some redfish. I love redfish.
1: They're fun. Come on out here in the, they're the fall when they're, when they're schooling over here in yeah. my area. Yep. And, uh, yeah. and I, I like they're all black drum, too. People, yeah, black drum are, are fun. At-
2: I love black drum. I actually caught a big Biscayne Bay black drum the other day, which is uh, a rare occasion. I've never seen them all schooled up. I caught a nice 10-pounder, 15, 10-pounder, which is big for, for South Florida and our area, too, especially in Biscayne Bay one. with bonefish. Huh? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I, was, I was happy to see that. But I, I'm I'm mentioning to get up to, to Louisiana, man. I, I need a vacation. I haven't taken a vacation in two years. So I am due. So,
1: well, you may get a buzz for me. I'm uh, on uh, now. Come on out, make a road trip. But, yeah, chat once again, man, thanks for coming on the show. Once again, you know, again, mm, thanks to dry. the listeners. You know, uh, thanks to all the listeners and the show support from uh, Waterloo Rods and True Co. And uh, thank you all for listening to Chasing the Tide on the Palafin Network.